I love packages at my front door so much that when my favorite coffee company in the world started a subscription service, I signed up immediately because I love this delicious coffee. I'm talking about Zelly Beans Coffee. That's Zelly, Z-E-L-I-E, Beans Coffee. They freshly roast their coffee every single week and they grind to order. But my favorite part about Zelly Beans is that they're a mission-focused coffee. They believe in families helping families through specialty coffee. And I tell you what, they're helping me through this pandemic. But what I love is that they have new varieties all the time. There's a new Honduras El Drizano honey processed coffee that I can't wait to try. And I know that they're looking for wholesale partners. I want you to go to zellybeanscoffee.com and put in the code TALKWITHLIVE. That's right, TALKWITHLIVE. You're gonna get a discount. I want you to try a bag, get a subscription. Do it today, zellybeanscoffee.com. I know it seems like I keep interviewing people from my high school. That's because I do keep interviewing people from my high school. (laughs) I have two groups of friends. I have the Catholic, national, international, best-selling author, speakers, whatever. And then I have my ridiculously talented high school friends that are doing ginormous things on anybody's level. So those are the two camps that I have been pulling from. Today is high school camp, and today is a very long interview. (laughs) It was a two-hour interview, but I gotta be honest, there were so many fantastic nuggets in this thing, I could barely narrow it down, but I think I did. So instead of my normal intro, I'm gonna kind of bring you up to speed to where this interview takes place or picks up or starts or is in the middle. Okay, so at my high school, there was this really fantastic group. Senior year, only the seniors could do this group. It was a club, but it was very like, it was a big deal, okay? You had to go through multiple layers of Oh my gosh, application and tryout and oh, so many things, voting, and it was intense. My year, and by the way, this is a public high school, just a normal one. My year, there were 175 juniors that tried out, 11th graders for my Canadian friends. So senior year, 12th year, they let you know like who gets to be in this club. They chose 10 guys and 10 girls, okay, out of the 175. My year, I got to do this club. It's called Stan Leaders. My high school was Klein High School. I talk about it all the time. And yes, my friends really are as famous as I say. (laughs) Which, how am I supposed to know? We were 14, 15 when we all went to school, you know? And it's crazy that they all ended up like... No, I mean, like, it is just amazing how famous and in, in all the different areas that they are just crazy successful. So (laughs) I made this club. Okay. There's 10 guys, 10 girls. It's senior year. We get to have letter sweaters. You know how like most high schools have letter jackets, which is super cool. And we still get letter jackets, but this was unique just to the stand leaders. We got letter sweaters. This was a spirit organization, but like to the max. Okay. We were on the bus with the cheerleaders. 
We cheered at all the games. We had a uniform we wore. We had shoes that were custom made. My year, we had our shoes made in California by Vans. So that was cool even back then, Vans. You know what I mean? So it was a really big deal. It was it was a very, uh, it was just super cool. And it's still at my high school now, but I mean, come on. They let a billion people in now. And, you know, I sound old. I'm like, back in my day, you had to be, you know, whatever. So the guy that I'm interviewing today, there's a point to all of this. He also was a stand leader. He was a stand leader the year before me. So every year, the outgoing class of stand leaders announce who the new stand leaders will be, you know, for the upcoming senior year. You guys, it's a big deal. I'm sure everybody else is like, this is so stupid. Anyway, um, at the end of the year, there's this big program at my high school called the Variety Show. The stand leaders put it on. They MC it. It's it's like the Oscars. Like we each have a part. It's intense. The tryouts for this thing is like a four-day process. We only take so many bands. We only take so many singers. Like it is amazing. Amazing. The talent at this high school is insane. So when you get announced at the end of variety show, the outgoing stand leaders have your shirt and they get to announce your name and say your name. Well, here's the controversy of this year. The year that I was a junior sitting in the auditorium, begging, pleading, praying that they're going to say my name. And there was one stand leader who um, went against the code Okay. The code was, if you're a stand leader, your job is to put on the variety show, right? You announce it, you MC it, you lead it, you promote it. You're the variety show. You don't perform in it. Aha. But this year they made an exception for my guest. (laughs) So I love that we have this big controversial moment that happened in high school because who cares you guys who cares no one cares but at the time people cared oh they cared and uh, what is really impressive is my guest went on to be an incredibly successful singer for a living he's an opera singer with the metropolitan opera in new york city as in he is one of the 10 soloists they only have 10 for their company. They're the only company that has this. I'll tell you the name of what it is. And not only that, he's won a Grammy. (laughs) I'm pretty sure everyone's okay with that decision from back in the day. We're all like, no, you know what? That was good. That was good. So we're going to come in on this conversation. We just finished talking about this for, I don't know, I guess an hour. I don't know. What were we talking about? We were catching up, you guys. And we're going to pick up from the controversy of variety show and stand leaders and letting him sing and then where he went on with his life. So we're going to start with how he started into his actual professional career, what happened after high school. So with that, it's a little out of the box, but hey, so am I. I would love, love to introduce you to my dear friend, Scott Scully. So where are you now, Scott? Because obviously there was talent then. But what happened after that? Where did you go to school and where did you end up? Well, so I ended up going to the University of North Texas in Denton. My idea was I was going to be, this is how smart I was. I was going to be a, a country singer. Well, you got a nice little Texas accent going on in there. Because I can't wait for people to find out what it is that you do. Because I find <laughs> yeah. this really fascinating. Yeah, it's way better now that I've been in Texas for a few weeks. It does come back. 
Um, so I went up to be a, a country singer and I thought, what a perfect deal. I was going to go up because there's a huge jazz program at North Texas. Oh, I didn't know that. I knew there were a big music school, but I didn't know jazz was their thing. Nora Jones went there. Um, you know, just Nora Jones? Yeah. Went to uni- Stop yeah. it. No, I'm telling the truth. Lots Nobody of fam- knows that. I went from Even famous Nora. school to famous school. <laughs> <laughs> I only go to school with celebrities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just the way I roll. So that was my plan. I was going to go up and get this like jazz background, but I was going to be country, right? So I was ahead of my time. I was way ahead of my time. You are a visionary. You yeah. and Alan Leatherman should have gone like arm in arm and like, oh, nice. So I went up there and um, to audition for the voice faculty, they said I had to sing uh, a song in a foreign language and a song in English. And they well, were that not you know. <laughs> popular songs. They were... Um, what we call art songs, um, okay. like classical music, but you know, one in English and one in a foreign language. So I had to go to um, the choir director at Klein, the assist, actually the assistant choir director at Klein at the time, Jan Juno. I said, will you please help me learn these two things because I have to sing for the voice faculty. And I did, and I, I hope to God there's not a recording of, uh, especially the foreign language one that I, even though we were, you know, yeah. <laughs> Are you so grateful we didn't go to school during the time of iPhones and... Oh, yeah. If anything I had done back in high school was on a, on online, that would be just horrific. Yeah. <laughs> These poor kids. <laughs> so, so I went up to North Texas and I, I auditioned for the voice faculty and my voice teacher from college famously will tell the story that... And I don't think it was bad, but he likes to tell the story that my audition, he was like, oh, just, you know you were just so unpolished and it just wasn't very good, but I heard something in oh, your he's voice. he's responsible yeah. for your success. Well, now <laughs> he is, he is a big part because, as, okay. because I went from no classical music at all to getting my undergrad in North Texas and immediately uh, starting to work in opera. So you didn't go to school to be an opera singer. It wasn't like you were trained as a little kid or at Klein or like any of your formation was in classical work, but it was when you got to North Texas. Right. So he says he heard something that he was like, here's an opera singer with this Texas twang. I think his exact quote is, I heard one note and I thought, yes, I can turn that into golden, golden voice. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, thank God. I mean, Thank God. Hopefully you send him a gift. He and I worked very well together. You know, a voice teacher yeah. and a student are, uh, it's quite a partnership. And some people I, click yeah. with people and some people don't click. And some teachers really can say things that certain students pick up on and some don't. We worked very well together. Um, and I, I took to it pretty quickly, uh, luckily. Were you interested? Like, I mean, since your passion lied elsewhere, were you kind of like, did you go in as a young kid, like, classical music is so boring. Like, you know, opera's lame. Oh, my first, I, I do wish I had a recording of my first maybe six or seven lessons. Like, for six or seven weeks I was in North Texas because I remember, like it was yesterday, just saying out loud, this is ridiculous. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> or, or I absolutely remember, I was like, this hurts. Like, why, why, it, why is it, is it supposed to hurt when I sing? This is not right. It, it didn't used Who's to hurt, listening? right? It didn't used to hurt. Or, you know, it, it was never this hard. Like, why am I tired? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I have an hour long lesson and I'm tired. I'm like, well, this is embarrassing. Like, I can't It's a be. lot of work. 
Yeah. You were actually working for the first time in your life. You got out of Chatham oh. Forest and they worked yeah. you. Sadly, I still don't think I've ever worked a day in my life, but. Yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> so, so this was it. You had to fall in love. It was kind of like a, a an arranged marriage. And, well, <laughs> and I did. I, I, the thing that I loved about it in the very beginning was how uh, challenging it was. Okay. I've always been kind of competitive. I mean, it's, you know, especially with my brother. I remember. And yeah, yeah. Like I wanted to be able to do it since I hadn't done it at all. And I saw people around me who had been doing it for a while. I just needed to be able to do it right away. Like I didn't, hmm. I didn't want to do it later. I didn't want to pick it up later on. I wanted to get it done, learn it, be ready to go. And um, so it, I just, it, I took to it quickly and it was a great place for me. A, like, a lot like Klein, I have to say, North Texas has always been a very well-known school, but during the mid-late 90s, the amount of uh, classical opera singers that were, that were there with me at that time, uh, the amount that are still working in the business now is the ratio from school to school to school is ridiculous. Like North Texas has, it, you would think it was just a music school. You know, North Texas wow. is, a, is a normal public, you know, state right. school. but normal university, yeah. But you would think it was a conservatory or right. something because I mean the amount of Juilliard. the amount of people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, yeah. I, I would I would venture to say that my four years at North Texas, there are more professional singers working still today from those years than there are from Juilliard. That's fascinating. Now, that's a made up stat. That's a made up stat. I just made that up. But stop. But I mean, no one I, knows. <laughs> it sounds very official. But Put I it on think, the internet and it's real. No, all my Juilliard friends are now. I mean, they're going to hear this and they'll be like, what did you just say? Yeah. But I, I think I'm probably right. I think I'm probably no, right. No, I mean, probably. Yeah. Like, just in classical or like overall professional working? Oh, I think just in, I mean, I'm just speaking about just classical and just classical. That's incredible. I'm just talking about singing. Voice. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. That's so great. So you went in and you thought you were going to be like, I mean, be really real with me. Was your dream, honest to God, to walk out of there as George Strait, you know, oh, Garth yeah. Brooks? Like, is that what we were going for? Was that oh, the yeah. dream? Absolutely, because that that's all I ever did. I mean, really. I yeah. mean, you know, it was I, the 90s. It, country was fantastic in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, I, I that's really all I listened to growing up was country and, you know, that kind of stuff. Standards and things. Sure. And that was absolutely the the, the plan. I mean, you know, that was if, you're, plan. if at 18 years old, you have a plan. But Solid plans, Scott. Yeah. They stay yeah. very solid. Yeah, Who my life went favorite? exactly as I thought it was going to go <laughs> at 18. I could have written it down. It's like I'm, it's like I'm psychic. <laughs> so who, who was your, who were your heroes then? Like who, at that time period? At that, you know, oh, I mean, anyone named George in country music is pretty much the man, you know, your George Strait, okay. George Jones. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I grew up with uh, all that 80s, 80s country, which is still my like go-to playlist it's the on best. iTunes. My 80s country is, is my jam. Um, but it was, you know, all of that. And then at the time, you know, Garth Brooks was so huge and it was, became like a big show. You know, everything yeah. became bigger than life. An entertainer. It yeah, it wasn't just, you know, George Strait can stand in the middle of a stage by himself and no one can take their eyes off of him. You know, he's like, Correct. he's got that. Correct. Uh, but Garth, like you, you had to keep moving because you couldn't <laughs> keep your eyes on him. He was all over the place, at, flying from the ceiling and running out of bull shoots at the rodeo and stuff. I mean, it was. He was like Lady Gaga of country before. Oh my God. 
That is amazing. <laughs> I wish I knew someone who knew him so that I could tell him that. So we could let him you know. You just said that. You were the Lady Gaga of country music. He would have definitely worn a meat suit. That's what Chris Gaines was. Garth Brooks in a meat dress is literally the best <laughs> Chris thing. Gaines. Chris Gaines. That's a that whole sad situation. He did do Chris Gaines. <laughs> he did. He, he wants all of us to forget, but we won't. He there is was the Lady Gaga of the 90s. Yeah, he really was. He was before his time. That's so insane. would you have wanted to be George Strait or would you have wanted to be Garth? Oh, George Strait. Yeah. Just yeah. classic music. Yeah. Singing. It's all about the sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which Garth is a, a musician. I mean, he's fantastic. Oh, he's fantastic. It's not, yeah, he's, yeah he's it's not like he's not. And he needs the show to distract you from not having a voice, which is a lot of entertainers. Yeah. They're trying no, to he distract had, you. He had, he had, has. He has, has the talent. Yeah. And all of it. You know, he was able to do all of it. It was great. So when you decided, okay, great, I'm going to do this classical thing. Were you thinking just to get my degree? Or were you like, I'm going to do opera. Like, this is my life. I'm now, this is what I want to do for a living. Or was it just to get out? Of, like, where, where was your thinking at this, Scott? Like, it was crazy because, like I said, it, it kind of came to me so quickly. You were so good at it. I was just in, well, no, Natural. I mean, the, the idea of doing it came so quickly. Okay. You okay. know, like it, like I started my freshman year and I was immediately, I had to do it. It wasn't right. like, oh, let's test this out and see if it's something that you like. Yeah. You it was, focused. you have to take voice lessons, um, classical voice lessons. And so I did, and, and it was something that I in, didn't really enjoy learning how to do and I did take to it quickly so everything kind of happened uh very fast I mean uh there's the there's a lot of like competitions that go on you know in oh. that in that thing the National Association of Teachers of Singing it's Nats was a big thing it still is uh when you're in college and I I you know I won my first year after not having sung classical music uh, wow and I I won my age group every year I was in college and then and then the the overall award my senior year in college so were you on the radar like I all I know is like NFL stuff because I had a cousin that played in the NFL and I know that they like scouted him and like he had an agent like is there like opera scouts so so that (laughs) man you are so good at this because that is literally the next thing that happens Uh, so I started doing these competitions um and one of them at the time, I don't think it's around anymore, was the McAllister competition in Indianapolis. And so I, I, I did it twice and I flew, over, flew out to Indianapolis and uh, I placed both years uh, that I did. But the judges were from opera companies all over the country. Wow. So they were general directors or artistic directors or music directors of different uh, colleges and, and uh, opera companies all around. And um, so... I was still getting my undergrad at the time, but the, the woman who was running the Young Artist Program at Houston Grand Opera at the time, her name is Gelitha Nichols, was one of the judges both years. And my first year, she said, you know, when you're looking uh, for a Young Artist Program, you know, come down and audition for us. And this just shows you how ridiculous this whole thing was for me because I didn't know Houston had an opera company. Stop it. I, I didn't. I, I had never You're been. You're getting a degree in classical music. Yeah. And you didn't know that Houston, and we have a great opera company. Oh, it, uh, well, so I ended up working. I, I finished my undergrad. And oh, then you've they, actually gotten to know them? Just, yeah. They, <laughs> you've met them? You don't need me to tell you? <laughs> they hired me right after my undergrad. So I ended up going there after my undergrad and being in the Young Artist Studio. So that's studio. where you went first was the Houston Grand Opera. Yeah, Houston Grand Opera Studio. 
okay. and I did it for three years. So they so are I, as good as I think they are. <laughs> they they are as good as I think. You know, it's a great company. I mean, it is a great I company. Couldn't, I could not have. Um, a lot of my career has been luck. It really has. I mean, I know it, it takes work and all that kind of stuff when people say all that, but like it was luck that I went to North Texas and sang and they made me take classical voice lessons and that that teacher just happened to put me in his studio and because I didn't know anything about it. This it was luck so that cool. I did the, the competitions and Galitha happened to be the judge and it was my hometown wow. and I got to be there and, and those people there were amazing um, and it was a great springboard um, you know, there are, so like you were talking football, you know, there's a, opera companies and then there are not, I don't like to call them minor leagues, but you know, there's like, kind of. yeah. there's smaller opera companies and then there's young artist programs and there's some big ones, Houston, uh, LA opera, Chicago lyric, uh, the Met has a, has a uh, young artist program. That's very good Washington. And then, and there's smaller ones and summer ones that are good for young artists and stuff. And I, over the years, again, lucked out because I got into Houston and then every summer I, I was lucky enough to be in a, a really prestigious summer program like Wolf Trap or Aspen or Marilla from San Francisco Opera. Um, so, it, it, I mean, I, a lot of it's, they, they, you know, everyone says it's a lot of who you know and where you are and where you, you know, and a lot, that, a lot of that is true. Sure. You got to be ready when you get there. Thank you for saying that because that is, that is the piece that a lot of people don't give the credit for right. is that you can meet people, but you're exactly right. If you're not ready, then right. it's going to, I mean, it's just like meeting someone, you know, at a grocery store, <laughs> like, you right. know, like at a dinner party, like it's not going to come of anything, but if you've put in the work and you're yeah. ready to go, that's exactly what happens. So I, I'm glad that you said that. That's a twofold thing. You know, like I said, I don't feel like I've worked a day in my life and that is almost true. I mean, there are some days that feel like work. <laughs> but um, I was singing an opera sounds exhausting. <laughs> but I mean, but it's, it's fun. You know, it's not like, it, yeah. It is work, it. but it's, it's not your bad passion. Work. It's it's great work. Yeah. Right. So you do you're in Houston. And it's funny, I haven't told you this, but I actually was the booking agent for an opera singer. I, I haven't even shared that. My no friend. Way. Yeah, Barbara Padilla. She's a Houston. Um, she won America's Got Talent. She got second place, actually. She got runners up in America's Got Talent. Oh wow. And so she went to University of Houston. And so she's an incredible opera singer. And she's a dear friend of mine. I actually met her while oh, she was great. on the show. Yeah. So I know a little oh, bit cool. about the opera world. So my job actually at one point was to contact these opera companies. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember being on the phone with Santa Fe, I think. And, yeah. um, and you know, stuff like that, like trying to get her booked and things like that. So oh, yeah. I know very, very little, but, um, and I have a girlfriend who is in the symphony in Utah in um, Salt Lake city. So oh, okay. in, yeah. So, you know, I was trying to use my little tiny connections to, to whatever. I think I was this close to contacting you, Scott, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, well, talk about tiny connections. I, I would, not, I, you know, I don't have any power. I have zero power. No, listen, but it, you know, you're just trying to get people to like, Hey, what do we do? Or, yeah. you know, whatever, but it exactly. is, it's a whole different, it's like anything else. It's a different culture. It's a different, you know, it has its own systems and people and, Absolutely. you know, protocols and things like, it's like anything, it's like any type of business, you know, whatever it yeah. is. And so, um, okay. So you did, you were in Houston, which was fantastic. How did you get to the Met? Was that after, or was there things in between? Oh, so so I've been doing this now professionally for 21 years. Are you serious? So, wow. Yeah. So I graduated. Yeah, I graduated North Texas in 
99. And I finished the Houston studio in 02. And then I sang. Uh, so in opera, you travel around and do uh, different shows for different companies. So I would travel, I would go someplace, like I worked in Arizona a lot. Um, and I would go there for like four to six weeks. And you would rehearse a show and then do four, five, six, seven performances. And then you would leave and go to the next place with a new cast, a new everything, and new show and do that. It's not like a tour company like Broadway. Right. They have a national tour company. It's the same people. And you do the same together. show. Right. You're moving and there's new people. That's, that's, I mean, that's interesting. So, I mean, and that's how the business is. I mean, that's yeah, just how you've it... got to make that chemistry and you've got to make, you know, there's personalities, maybe sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's personalities. You don't. Like, that's even... Yeah. <laughs> you <They're> mean... <laughs> In the opera world, that's fascinating. Yeah, so that's, no. so that's kind of how you earn your stripes, I guess, is, is yeah. doing and then, this um, work. And then it just... Uh, I mean, like I said, I was at some pretty prestigious places. Sure. Uh, so I had sung for... Um, I had done auditions for people uh, over the years, and one of them was Lenore Rosenberg, who just happened to be the artistic administrator at the Met. <laughs> just just by chance. I mean, you know, they came through when I was in the program in, in Houston and everything, but I hadn't sung for her in years. And then I was actually living back up in Dallas um, at the time when 2008 happened and the business was going, you know, the financial crisis and the business yeah. was really taking a hard, hard hit. And I had four contracts canceled that season alone um, just because they, they couldn't do the shows. They didn't have the I'm money sure to people- put the shows on. Yeah, weren't going to the opera no. during a financial crisis. That might be one of the first things to go. Yeah. So I yeah. actually, at that point, thought, uh, and my agent and I had a long talk, uh, you know, like it was probably going to be, I was probably going to need to find something else to do uh, for a while, at least, because the business just wasn't, wasn't functioning as normal, uh, you know. Uh, and then luckily, I, I still don't believe uh, how this happened, but luckily she called me, my agent called me, it had to have been two days later, and said, hey, I just got off the phone with Lenore Rosenberg at the Met, and she would like you to come up and sing an audition for her next week. And I'm sitting there, and I, I literally, at this point, it's been, it's, it had been a rough year already, and I'm literally sitting there with zero money. I mean, barely functioning, you know, as a human at that point. You were surviving. I was you surviving. Thriving. You were surviving. I was not thriving, yes. So I, I was like, well, I'm uh, definitely, yes, I'm going to do the thing. But then I hung the phone up and I was like, how am I going to get there? I got to fly there. I have to stay someplace. I have to. So my parents actually lent me the money for the flight. Oh, they didn't pay for you to go? The Met? They're like, no, 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 you no. find your way here. Oh, no, no, oh, no. Oh, you're not they Beyonce? Not. They were like, no, listen. No, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> what? Like I said, no, 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 no. None of that. No. <laughs> but we think of like glamour. I was kind of a rebel because most people in this business, you move to New York and you live there because all sure. of the auditions happen there. Right. Really, really no matter, uh, no matter what company, company it was, sure. there's kind of an audition season and everyone is there yeah. to sing. It's like in LA when everybody goes for pilot season. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm sure when they were like, you know, he, we'd like for him to sing next week. They were like, well, he must be here. You, you must, <laughs> what idiot doesn't live in New York if you're yeah. an opera singer? Yeah, I mean, we're, I'm in Duluth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what? And then a, a friend of mine let me stay in her fantastic apartment in Tribeca um, when I when I did the um, when I did my wow. audition. That's so I sang my I I I flew in. I stayed the night at my friend's place. I woke up the next morning. I went and did my audition, 
And I went immediately from the Met to the airport. And I flew back to Dallas and I got off the plane in Dallas. And I, you know, like we all do, I turn my phone on immediately when the plane lands and I have a voicemail and I answer, I, I listen to voicemail and it's my agent saying that the Met has just asked for me to be uh, in four of their shows the next season for 25 weeks. And I mean, you would have thought, I mean, I'm, this was, pre, I mean, this was just a mess because I mean, I'm sure I made noises and the, everyone on <laughs> the plane was like, what is happening with that guy over there? He's, he's having a fit. Yeah, because it literally was like a complete game changer um, wow. for me. Uh, and so I did. I went up and I, I did my first season. And then towards the end of my time there, my first season, they offered me a full-time uh, soloist company member job. We call it plan artist, but uh, there are 10 of us. And... Uh, Wait, what is it called? What kind of artist? Plan, P-L-A-N. Plan, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I keep saying principal, but I just, it, well, is that the same thing? It, I mean, yeah, it's the same <laughs> thing. It's like being the, the lead in a musical. Talk musicals to me. I'm a Broadway okay. gal. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> so okay, so uh, let's, it's Greece, right? So, so yeah. at the Met, I'm not, uh, I'm not Danny Zuko. <laughs> okay. I'm more Kanicki. Hey, or, Hickey yeah. from Kanicki. Yeah, yeah. Hickey from Kanicki. Yeah, it's like a Hallmark <laughs> card, like right? Is that what it is? It's like a Hallmark card. Yeah, that's card. what they say. He yeah. said, that's right. Hickey yeah. from Kanicki is a Hallmark card. Look at that. You got a line in everything. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, so I do kind of the secondary roles. Uh, okay. And I'm, I'm in, it, it can vary from year to year, but I'm in usually eight to 10 different productions a year. And we do sometimes 15 shows of each of, of a thing some you know it, depending on the show if it's La Boheme we do a lot of shows if it's sure. something newer or something you know more kind of on the outer edges uh we do you know six to eight performances and right that makes sense yeah so is the goal to be Danny Zuko is the goal to one day be the John Travolta well so I was Danny Zuko I was I was uh <laughs> I love this metaphor I know it is fun Greece everybody's I like I don't know why Greece too- popped into my head I really don't <laughs> But it, uh, I don't know. So I was Danny Zuko, and I'm doing air quotes. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, for before the Met. So when I was when I would travel around to do you know Arizona and oh you were the San top Francisco dog. And, uh, yeah. Well, dog, dog is good. Uh, Sorry, that's but, a terrible like. I should come up with a new analogy. <laughs> you were the captain. So <laughs> I was the captain. That's cap- a good one. Here I am the go. captain. Now. I am the captain now. <laughs> so I did that for you know for a while, and then. And like I said, it was a crazy life because you're always in a different place. You're living contract to contract. You only get paid when you do a show, not when you do anything else. So like you would go a month without any month, two months, three months without anything. And then you'd get, you know, a chunk of time where you get paid every other day. Um, And it was hard to kind of plan things and you're in a different place. You don't have any stability. You're kind of all over the place all the time. I mean, I had many apartments that I never even unboxed anything. I just literally had an apartment and... I mean, there was a bed set up, and then I just literally lived out of boxes. Wow. The glamorous life of an opera, yeah. Danny Zuko. <laughs> so the last 11 years have been really cool because I'm still, I'm still getting to do the opera stuff. And it's almost like I'm still traveling around because the Met's so big and does so many shows. And so many people come in that it's, and I do a lot of different shows. So I, it's a lot of different people all the time. And it's variety. Like it's it, a lot it of variety. It your interest. In- but then I still get to go, I go home to my own place every night you know it's my it's my home 
every night that, that I go unboxed. to. That I've unboxed. <laughs> it, it is actually, well, sadly, it's about to get boxed back up again. But Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> because of the pandemic. The pandemic has has run roughshod over this business. Yeah, it's it's very difficult for all the people in the entertainment industry, especially in New York, yeah. which is, you know, half the, you know, the tourists come in to see Broadway and the, and the Met. A lot of people have heard of it. It's, yeah. it's kind of I a mean, big you know, deal. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a known company. So. You know, I live right in Midtown and um, a lot of the people cross over Broadway and, and opera, especially dancers and the actors and the things that we use and it's a community. It is a community. And it's really hard to see everybody just doing the best they can to kind of keep things going in some direction. Right. No one's going in the direction that they want to go, but everyone's, you know, doing their best. And it's it, actually, it is, it's almost inspiring at, at, on a level to see people coming up with such, in, you know, incredible things to do while we're not able to do things in a theater. You know, I mean, I have a, I'm sure like you do, I have a bunch of friends who every day there's some new kind of performing thing that they've put out on Instagram or Facebook or, or something. And it's not what we were, you know, trained to do really, or where it's not where we were trained to do it. Right. Um, Yeah. The creatives are definitely getting creative. The creatives are definitely getting creative. Yeah. Yeah. They've had to. And okay. So those of us who are not in the opera world is the Met is it the top dog? Like, is that the goal? If you're an opera singer is being a plan, whatever you said, a plan artist, yeah. <laughs> a plan artist. Is that kind of like, Hey, you made it here. You know what I mean? Like, is that the New York that we all love and know? Is that like being a rocket? You know? no, no, yeah. <laughs> so a plan artist is weird because like I said, there's only 10 of us and we're kind of on a one, when you're there for a certain number of years, you're it's similar to being tenured. I was I literally was about to ask. Yeah. So okay. so that's kind of a special thing. And it's the only 10 in the country. Uh, no other really? company has has it. Uh, Interesting. The, the, the um, European system does a little different. They're called Fest um, Singers. And, and they work for a company and they sing roles at that company all year long. But um, unless you're in the chorus or something at a company here in the States, you don't really have any full-time solo positions here in the States for the most wow. part. I mean, I may be missing uh, Well, something, no, I but, mean, it's fine. Nobody. <laughs> but, um, but there's not really, but as far as the Met goes, um, it's just one of, you know, it's like, uh, I, I assume it's, it's similar to if you're a baseball player and you, you know, like I'm going to play at Yankee stadium one day. And it's not because the old Yankee stadium was like nice or was a great, you know, building or anything like that. It's just the history of the place. Yeah, I think of Madison Square Garden. Like it's yeah. kind of like this is the exactly this any is the of goal. the any of the iconic places you can sure think of. You know, in Carnegie Carnegie Halls is Carnegie. You know, you know. so yes, I, I think the level of stuff that is done, performances that are done at the Met, is the highest level. Yeah. Once you work there, it's um, you get super spoiled because yeah, why would you the, leave? I mean, everyone, the crew and and everyone who the music staff and the orchestra and the dan- I mean, everyone's at the top of their game, and so yeah. It's um, it's a really special place to be, and like I said, just the history. You know, you walk around, and Pavarotti is is a huge, you know, figure in opera, yeah. obviously. Right. And you know, you hear stories about, you know, he would always look for a a bent nail on the floor before he would go on stage. It was his good luck. Okay. Right. Um, and so they used to like throw them down. You know, like they used to bend a nail and throw it down. So like 
because, you know, he would need to find one before he would go on. <laughs> or like Leontine Price famously for her uh, debut, there was a guy who had my job as a plant artist and he has the most performances of anyone in the history of the Met. He's passed away. His name was Charles Anthony. And he told me the story. He was sitting next to Leontine Price uh, for her debut and the curtain was down or whatever. And she was about to make her entrance and Charlie was sitting next to her and, you know, he was like, you know, you're going to be great. You're going to be great. And he said, she looked up to the, to the ceiling and she said, Lord, you got me here. Now get me out. <laughs> and then went on to sing, went on to sing this amazing, you know, she was. <laughs> and then she crushed it. She like, she cru- it. I mean, you know, she was, she yeah. was just insanely talented. But Phenomenal. Just stories like that. And so, I mean, you know, it's, there's a lot of great opera done all over the world. And, sure. um, you know, uh, but all those people, you know, eventually make their way to the Met, which is a really cool, cool thing so about the You've gotten to place. meet a lot of amazing people. Do they, are they surprised to hear that Texas twang come out of your mouth after oh. hearing you sing? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, like I said, I've been in Texas now for a few weeks, so it does. So it, it goes away, it hibernates in New York. It doesn't go away. Okay. It doesn't go away. But, There's a y'all um, that comes out every now and then. Oh, yeah. And if I feel like I can use it to my advantage, I'll throw the y'alls out like you would believe. Not during Madam Butterfly. We're not going to have any y'alls. Yeah, yeah. No, no y'alls. Peppered through. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's it's a neat place. And I mean, like, it's such a hot, it's such a melting pot, too. You know what I mean? So if you don't have some sort of accent in the Met, then you're the freak. You know, everyone's from someplace that's, with some accent. So that makes sense. It's not like everybody yeah. just walked out of Midtown and walked yeah. into the Met. No one has that Mid-Atlantic newscaster going <laughs> on. Everyone's got their own thing going. That's awesome. So, okay. You have a Grammy with the Met. No, it's actually with, uh, with LA Opera. Okay. So you do have a Grammy with the LA Opera. What is that like? Like, does that mean, do they make you a baby Grammy? And, or like, do you all get to, like, is it like you have like a system and like you get it on the weekends, like every other yeah. year? Like, <laughs> so this blew my mind. Okay. This blew my mind. I, um, the, uh, so like I said, I'm at the Met all year. Um, but if I have, if I get all asked to do something someplace else, the Met has been very generous and, you know, trying to find a way to let me take the time out of that schedule and go to do something. And it just so happened that, uh, L.A. Opera um, offered me a role in, in an opera called The Ghosts of Versailles. I know that one. Um, and it's an amazing show. It's really, yeah. really cool. Um, and I didn't know anything. I mean, all I knew is that I was going to get to go to L.A. for six weeks. And it was like in the middle of winter. And so Hang I out thought, with our classmates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I thought this is, I mean, why wouldn't I take this gig, right? Yeah. You know, I'm going to get course. out of New York in the winter and go into LA Summer for six weeks. LA. Deal. Deal. <laughs> so we did the show and it was a blast. We all had a great time. And then I don't know, six, six months. I mean, I knew we were recording it. Um, Cause you know, you could see the mics down on the stage level and stuff um, for recording. And, but I, I just, I just, I mean, we, we broadcast everything at the Met. So I'm used to seeing microphones picking up, you know, the stage, no, the stage stuff. And so I just didn't think about it. And then I don't know, six months later, uh, I get a text from one of the people in the cast saying, hey, you know, they just submitted our recording for a Grammy. And I was like, oh, what? Like, are you serious? A Grammy? Do the Grammys do operas? <laughs> Again. How, Lady like, Gaga? Like, I, I mean, yeah. Like, how, clueless I, how clueless I was, still, still am to this day, but how clueless I was even then. Uh, I was like, they have, 
I mean, I never saw a Grammy for a best opera recording ever. Yeah. They don't ever put those guys on like during no, the live show. No, actually, no. It, it's, a, it's a show during the day, actually. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. It's like the tech people for the Oscars. <laughs> They're yeah, like, it's exactly like guys, the science exactly or whatever. Like yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, that's cool, you know. And then the Grammy nominations come out and I actually see it on the thing. And I was like, oh, my God, this is cool. So then we're, so you watch it, you know, you live stream it, you know, and my family was watching what it on the computer. What year is this, Scott? What year is this? 2017. Oh, okay. Okay. I think, Got I think it. that's yeah. right. Not that long ago. No, 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 no. Not that long ago at all. Um, and so I had the same question as you. That, that you asked that I've yeah. now destroyed because it? I've been like, talking. <laughs> yeah. Like, do do I get a Grammy? Like, do, do I, I actually... get a necklace? Yeah. Like, <laughs> do I get a picture? What do I do? Tangent. I did a show with Rita Moreno in um, in Berkeley. Oh wow! Um, the show Masterclass um, with her, and wow. she she has all of them. You know, she's uh, she has she's the an Emmy. Yeah. She's an EGOT. So she had us over to her house every once in a while. Um, Stop. And because she lives in Berkeley Hills and you walk in and she has this beautiful house and, you know, and you walk, kind of, you turn the corner and there's this like, I don't know, it's not a shelf. It's, it's like a, a case. It's a case. It's not even a, a case. It's just so huge. It's a, it is. It's an entire wall, a huge wall, just full of awards. But in the middle are her ego. That's, I mean, they're, they're yeah. all right there in the middle. The big God, ones. I wish I had this picture right now. So the Do past, you have she a photo? I do, but I, I have to find it. Okay, if you find it, send yes. it my way. <laughs> so it literally is a picture. We all did it, everyone in the cast. Oh, it's yeah. a picture of me holding <gasps> all four, you know, in my arms. Stop it. Yeah, it was really cool. So now fast forward. So here I am watching on, you know, my computer live stream, the daytime Grammy It sounds very glamorous. Like you had, yeah. uh, you know, you got styled and you oh, were yeah. at all the brunches and you oh, had yeah. like a... <laughs> I was in my best pair of gym shorts. <laughs> I'm not sure if my shirt had sleeves or not. It may not have. I was drinking at least an $8.99 bottle of Prosecco. I mean, at least. <laughs> well, good that's how for fancy. you. And there was an yeah. artichoke dip, I hope, or a seven-layer Mexican dip. For seven you. layer. It was a seven-layer Mexican dip, <laughs> for sure. This but sounds take... very fancy for the Grammys. Yeah. So I am, I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my God, do I get a Grammy? So then I start doing like, I start calling people and trying to find out this and that. Okay, so here's the deal. So they actually go through and count like how the amount of time that you sing in a group recording. So like anything that's done, uh, you know, like, uh, like an Broadway ensemble. shows, any ensemble, things like right. that. Well, they do this in film too, because there's always controversy. Like yeah. she shouldn't be up for best actress. She was only on screen for 12 minutes. I mean, you right. always hear about this throughout the year. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, I understand. They so do. it's they like, like the top. Quantify like the, it. It depends, I think, on the number of people in the cast. This was a huge cast, a lot of lot of parts in the show. So it's like it's there's a percentage of the cast of how much it's you're a lot in of math. singing. It's a lot. Of, oh yeah, and hey, and we all know how good I was at that too. Yeah, because you nailed chemistry. Because uh, I nailed chemistry. So I did not qualify for the actual statue. Oh, but if you did have enough time, you would have actually gotten an actual statue. Yeah, you get an actual statue. What I actually found out after after the fact, which to this day I'm still a little angry about, when you're nominated, if you are one of the people who gets the Grammy, the actual statue, yeah. when you're nominated, they send you a little Tiffany's medal that says you're nominated. So I'm like, no, wait a minute. So they get the statue and the Tiffany's medal? Like, 
Shouldn't what? the people who don't get the statue get the medal yeah, or vice exactly. versa or something? Yeah. But now the cool part, which hey, it's a Grammy. I don't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they they do send you a really awesome uh, wall uh, plaque thing. So in my like apartment plaque, in New York, not yeah. just a certificate, like an actual plaque. Yeah, it's all framed. I mean, it's all okay. It's all yeah. So that is the cool. I mean, so in my apartment in New York, I do have prominently displayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do have that, and like, like, and everyone makes fun because, like, you know, agents and stuff are that, that's what the publicists they're supposed to like, you know, build you up. Yeah. So like, the literally the day we won, my agent changed my bio to Grammy winner Scott Scully. <laughs> like, you know, where it used to say like, guy from nowhere, Scott, you know, whatever his last name is, da 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 da, immediately changed yeah. to Grammy winner Scott Scully. So. So yeah, I went, so for, for about a year after that, oh my God, people made fun of me so much because I would walk into a room and they'd be like, oh, look, it's Grammy winner, Scott Scully. Cause you know. You officially changed fun. your name to Grammy winner, Scott Scully. I, I'm thinking. It's all hyphenated. On my passport it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I would carry the plaque everywhere I would go. That's why Jesus was like, so she doesn't get to be a Grammy winner. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just one like, of those things. It's like, it's like, um. You know, I always kind of rate, because like I said, I didn't have any classical background sure. at all. And so like, I, I always kind of relate things to like my parents. Like there are a few things in my career that my parents can say to their friends and stuff that they actually, that click, you know, like I did a show with Rita Moreno. Oh, that's, that's, you yeah, know, you they know, know Rita means. Moreno. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I sang at the Met. Oh, I know what the One Met time. is, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, you know, um, but like, you, you know, if, if I say, oh, I sang... Uh, Rodolfo and La Boheme at Arizona Opera. That's a that's a way more. That's a lot more work for me. But yeah. No one really. No one cares. No one really knows what that is. It's just buzzwords, right? In Arizona. Yeah. So this was like another buzzword that I could give my parents. I was like, Hey guys, guess what? Now you get to say Grammy. So Grammy winner. That was fun. That was fun. That's fantastic. I well, congratulations, late. Well, thank you. You're thank a Grammy winner in my heart. You had enough time on stage. I think. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Oh, well, oh, I do. So I still, when I go to the friends who were in the show, who actually got oh, one, good. I'm always like, you know, that's mine. I always <laughs> say, you know, that's mine. If you want to thank me, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, because... give me that. Or at least give me your medal. Give me your Tiffany's medal, at I least. I mean, I'm with you. I think we should petition like you did for stand leaders and we change the rule. <laughs> I am a rule changer. You never know. <laughs> hey, what if that, that'd be cool if I actually got the rule changed to where everyone gets a statue. And then you'd be that guy. I'd be that guy. Then you'd be that guy. So, Scott, here's my big question that I always ask my guests. All right. And it's it's the same one every time. I want to know, even though you said, and I kind of want you to think about it because I know that your story is a little different and a little more organic, which I love. Okay. okay. But honestly, when you had to let go of that dream of being a country singer, <laughs> the good kind, the George Strait, you know, the man, is he the man in black? Is that right? Or is that Clint Black? Am no, I no. just making up things? Well, Clint Black is, his he name is Black, black and hat. he does wear black. You're, you're talking about Johnny Cash. Oh, Johnny Cash the is black. the man in black. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm really, like, that's sad. I should know that. No, My good. husband loves Johnny Cash. Anyway. That's what editing is for. That is what editing is for. <laughs> except everyone's going to hear it. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Deal. I'm a professional. So. <laughs> so, okay. What, when you had to let go of that dream and you decided to step into this space and really own it. What had to quiet down in your life for you to say, okay, this, I hear you universe. I hear you, God, whatever in your spiritual life or whatever you connect with, 
right. whatever that is. I hear, I see that this is this shifting space. You had to make that decision. What had to quiet down your life for you to step into classical music? Um, you know, it's funny. I think I, I'm, I kind of touched on it earlier. It was a challenge and it was something that, that I kind of fell into with the right people. I, I think really the people around me were the reason that um, I could, I took to it quickly and that I was successful at it early on. I think that was a big part of it being something that um, I, didn't, I didn't resist it that much. Uh, I think if I had been in a position where, you know, people weren't as supportive or didn't push me along as well or I didn't connect with as well, I think it could have been a completely different story because it wasn't something that I, like, it wasn't something that I wanted to do. It wasn't something that I always dreamed of doing, which a lot of my friends that, that I work with, that they wanted to do this their whole lives. Um, but I really have to, and I'm not being, I hope I'm not being cheesy, but I really just kind of have to give it to the people, um, you know, at North Texas and at at Houston Grand Opera and, and all along everyone, there've been so many people along the way that have been supportive or shown me like, okay, this is, this is what, this is a good thing. Go this direction. I promise, you know, we'll push you a little long. And it, so I don't know that I ever made a choice or, or had to make a choice. I think I went in with one idea and I was kind of steered in another direction and never felt like I was giving up anything, if that makes okay. any sense. Yeah. I don't ever, I don't ever remember, um, maybe I did, but I don't remember having a time where I thought, man, I'm giving up this. I'm it was more of a, yeah, it was more of a, the path changed. And like it was revealed, like you were yeah. revealed this, what you were really supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it was fun and it was challenging. And, and like I said, the people that were around me at the time were uh, uh, super supportive and, and great at what they do. And like I said before, I, I do believe this happens to a lot of people and you can go back and look at, at your own stories, but the, the right place at the right time with the right people and being prepared when you get there. But like, I just feel like I was super lucky my whole life, you know, right. kind of being in a position um, to where, I never really made a choice not to do something. I was always given an opportunity to do something and I, I just went, went after it and it just worked out. No, I think that's great. Fingers crossed, yeah. <laughs> well, I know you're on a little bit of a hiatus because of the pandemic and people are not, the Met just came out. You and I are speaking at the end of September, 2020, which um, I'm hope, I want to release this as soon as possible because you've got a really cool upcoming project that I wanted you to talk about and where people can follow you. I know you're not a huge yeah. internet, you know, like, no, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm, you I'm learning. To. You're a, you're a, <laughs> I'm learning. Luckily, luckily, um, a friend of mine who, uh, funny enough, when I was in the Houston studio at 24, 25 years old, last summer, uh, last summer. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> there was a kid in the children's chorus named Jordan uh, and his, he had a younger brother too, that was in the children's course too, but later on, anyway, they were great kids and I became friends with their mom and blah, blah, blah. well, Jordan's grown up and Jordan was, uh, the, uh, Raul on the, uh, Phantom of the Opera tour. Wow. Uh, recent, just recently. Um, and he kind of had this idea of, again, I'm no internet sensation. So he has this idea of. Uh, a virtual online masterclass for six weeks. Um, and 
we've kind of pulled from the best of our own resources. Uh, so Jordan is teaching a lot of the acting and, and interpretation, role, role prep, things like that. Uh, a, a friend of mine, Jim Lau, who I was in Houston with, he was an opera conductor. He's conducted on Broadway. He conducts, you know, and, and, and he, he's worked with me, which means he can pretty much work with anyone in the world. Um, <laughs> and he can fix problems of anyone, trust. Uh, he's he's going to uh, work with, we're going to work together with all of the uh, singing stuff. And then we have this amazing choreographer who's choreographed stuff on Broadway and, and at the Met uh, and other opera companies, um, Eric Folger, who's going to do all the movement and dance classes. Um, and we're really excited about it. And the, the, it's called the door masterclass, uh, the door masterclass.com is I think what I'm, that's what you say, right? Yeah. That you sounded have to, very, yeah. very real. Thank you. Just go to <laughs> W do you, do you say www now? No, or you just, no okay, one no says, says that. that. And don't okay. write it either. You don't have to write it by the way. So like, I'm going to have it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Cause that way so, you show that you're like 98 years old. If you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh the, no. The cool kids you know what? will let you know fast. <laughs> yeah. It's no www. It's just the <laughs> no. door masterclass. That's right. <laughs> so we have the six weeks masterclass uh, that's going to, it starts October 5th. And, uh, but also on the thing we have um, free consultations, 15 minute consultations with Jordan or me. So there's other ways they could get in touch if they didn't, if they're oh, yeah, doing there's... this after October 5th, there's still ways they can work with you and oh, Jordan yeah. and these other incredible. He's bringing in people all the time. His, uh, his agent is doing consultations and, and things like that on the website. Uh, there's a, a Broadway coach, pianist, and I, I think composer actually that I may be wrong about that, but I think so. If not, See, I just I gave him credit. With... I just gave him credit as a, as a composer. <laughs> who's going to do a lot of the role prep and things like That's that. That's cool. And so there's a lot of private, there's a lot of different private instruction and group classes and things like that. And it's always changing. There's always something new coming up or someone, someone um, at, that's been added to the family at the door masterclass.com. <laughs> I'm getting I pretty mean, good at that. Uh, you are. You're yeah. sounding yeah, very yeah. legit. Yeah. Thank you. I feel no, this is, this is great because yeah. And I would love to introduce my, the friends I know, because maybe that's something that they could oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. connect I mean, with and do, because everybody is really trying and we need to support our entertainers because they've done so much for all of us for so long, especially those of us who have a huge, deep love for New York city. Uh, we need yeah. to support the people who can't go back to work right now in this crazy time. Yeah. It's, it's sad when, uh, I mean, it's sad for, it's sad for everyone. You know, I, I have friends that do all kinds of work, work in all fields, and everyone is affected at some sure. on some level. Um, but the arts are taking such a hit because you just you can't go back to work. It's, it's not unique. a it's yeah. not a if you want to or if you you know or if you want to, you you literally cannot go back to work. Right, and there's no option, no virtual. There's no option. Well, well, they're trying. It's like travel. I, you know, also friends in the hospitality industry. A lot of them have not been furloughed. They've been like, you're gone. Like they just can't, right. there's no way, right. no one, you know, whatever. So it is very unique, the, this industry specifically. So I do love seeing, and that's why I want to support. And I was like really pushing Scott to do this interview now, not that I have a platform, but I'm like my <laughs> four friends. <laughs> oh, well, look, you're, you're bringing up. in my audience. You're bringing in my audience. So that's you at four. So you'll at least have four and a half. I'm excited. Yeah, my I'm at least a 0.5. I bring at least a 0.5 to the ratings. Thank you. At least. Yeah, my pleasure. It's all about like, the numbers. I like to help out. 
Okay. Well, this is great. Yeah. And if anybody wants to, to be in touch, we will definitely have all this in the show notes and you can see Scott when New York does come back, because I believe even though they're saying New York city, isn't going to, I'm like, don't talk about my city that way. It absolutely uh, <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's tough, but Hey, you know, people are doing things like the Met still does their broad, their, uh, we're, I get emails every once in a while that a show that I did is being broadcast online and yeah it, y'all started doing stuff in movie theaters that and we can go to now but that's so good yeah. so you yeah know. we can't do things yeah yeah we can't do anything but you maybe know we're netflix trying. maybe we're trying. i don't know like yeah whatever. actually well, at this point you could yeah. just facetime me i mean probably I <laughs> you should it's like that cameo <laughs> yeah. thing where you can yeah, yeah. i might start Scott's doing available like lullabies. for that everybody yeah. i can do i can sing you to sleep happy uh, birthdays sing happy birthdays I he can, do- can homeschool and teach the kids the abcs I, oh, you're welcome. Well, now, I hold on, hold, hold, yeah. <laughs> the homeschooling thing. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, Scott, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Oh my God, schedule. this has been so much fun. I can't even tell you. Everyone <laughs> so needs sweet. to do this podcast because I have not laughed. I know in six months I haven't laughed this much. Aww. I know for a fact. No, this has been so much fun. Thank you, Scott. Well, if, yeah. I, if, if we both make it back to New York, promise me I get to take you out for... A Deal. little something, a little Prosecco. And yeah, or let's go eat in a restaurant. Stop. Indoors. Stop. I know. You're just, I know. You're just I know. You're I know. teasing. I'm being crazy. I'm being crazy. <laughs> All right, friend. I will see you soon. Thank you again. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.